Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Daily Tip, man. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. And we are off. Coming up in the next three hours, the fall classic continues to roll on here on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. We'll recap what we saw in the desert last night between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks at 620. Now that week nine in the NFL is in the books, we'll play read and react and discuss if the Kansas City Chiefs are still the best team in the AFC. Week 10 in college football comes your way at 640 with a couple of great games on the SEC slate during the 7 o'clock hour. More baseball. We've got game five of the Fall Classic tonight. And, of course, since it is a Women of Wagertainment Wednesday, we are loaded with great guests as well. BetQL's Lucy Burge joins the show at 720. Our Survivor Pool is at 740 before we bring in our friend Kate Constable, 820, and Best Bets at 845. Chelsea, good morning to you, and happy post-Halloween. It is November 1st. I can't believe it. What did you do last night? Did you go trick-or-treating, I assume? Yeah, we did. It was very, very cold, at least for Nashville. I think it was like 27. Um, so here is why you do all those trunk or treats, because it takes the pressure off of actual Halloween. We had a whole bucket of candy before the night even started. So my daughter wasn't like pestering me to like stay out all night, trick or treating mm-hmm. on actual Halloween. And also I had to work in the morning. So that was nice that we were wrapped up by like 830. So it was fun. It was very cold. But she's three, so like it doesn't take much to really make her night, and she absolutely loved it. So I think that's the best part of like, well, I mean, there's a lot of great parts of having kids, but the holidays like those are especially special because you almost get to relive them through like the eyes of your child. Yeah. At what point do you or did you stop trick or treating? Because I'm like you, I trick or treated. It's a ton of fun, and then at some point you say, "Okay, I'm not going to do this anymore." So I have no idea. I'm not a parent. So how long do you think you'll continue taking Blake to trick or treat? Oh, I hope for a while. Like she's yeah, three. Yeah, for a while. So I, I hope think. I have yeah. like a few more years. <laughs> you right? do. You do. Oh my <laughs> gosh, absolutely. I feel like you have a good decade. That's what I would say. I mean, I'm no parent, so I have I have zero clue. But I would feel like a good ten years is is right down the line. 
Yeah, I would hope so. Uh, but we did have multiple game time decisions with the costumes because she Ooh. wanted me to be Elsa. And so I ordered an Elsa costume so okay. we could be Elsa and Anna. The costume gets here. I put it on. She's like, I want to be Elsa. And so we were both Elsa because <laughs> she saw it and she's like, well, I want to be Elsa too. So we were both Elsa. And I felt like at some point I had to be Elsa because it's like in my name. You can just put yes. parentheses CH and then Elsa. So, you know, it was nice and also a warm costume that I could walk around the neighborhood in. Oh, very nice. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. I saw a few pictures on Instagram. I saw Jake had Blake on the golf course before he went trick-or-treating. So that's a nice full day there in Hendersonville. Oh, why are you shaking your head? Because he said before we trick-or-treat, it's time for you to learn how to be a pro on the LPGA Tour. Well, I don't know how much of he was teaching her as opposed to he was just playing golf and just brought her along. Because I took a nap. Because, like, I need naps if I'm going to stay up, like, kind of late. Uh, and then I woke up from my nap and Blake's like, daddy took me to the golf course. I'm like, oh, did daddy let you play at all? Or did daddy just play? So we do live on a golf course. So it was just over there. So it's fine. I'm just hoping he's not like hogging all of the shots. I gotcha. You got to get Blake in there a few, at least off the tee box, maybe around the green. I say you start on the green. work on the short game, hut for dough. You know how that works. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so she does like golf because uh, that's the other thing. She has gymnastics today and bless her. I feel like that is not going to be her calling. So maybe she will be good at golf. She's already pretty good at like soccer and she okay. is developing a nice little arm talent. We one of our favorite activities and, you know, brace yourselves is throwing three things into the creek. She loves throwing acorns into the creek. So, you know, <laughs> while you're out at fancy parties, you know, and having martinis, I'm throwing acorns into the creek. <laughs> Sometimes I'll sit there and I'm about three drinks in and I'm like, you know, be nice right now. Just staring across <laughs> the horizon, throwing an acorn across a creek. I sure would be nice just to relax <laughs> a little bit. Get out of the social scene. Chelsea, tell us about your winner last night. Oh, I went to bed and this one was not a winner and I woke up and it was a winner because the Diamondbacks decided to score all of their runs late in this game. But I'll take it. Had Corby Carroll over his hits plus his runs plus his RBIs over one and a half. That was a winner. He finished with a hit and a run. So I will take it. Well, nice job because I saw, obviously, the early score of that game. We'll get into it in just moments because the Raiders just jumped all over the D-backs before that thing got underway. And so I thought, ooh, I don't know about that. But nice job to wake up to a winner. I had Northern Illinois laying three and a half against Central Michigan. Ugh. Central Michigan pulls the outright upset 37-31. I watched a little bit of that game. I could tell it was not trending in my direction. As for the Donkster, he was also on some action. Had Buffalo at Toledo over 50 and a half. Toledo wins 31-13, only 44 points in that game. That's a loss. So for the week, you are 2-2. Two and two. Pacing us, I am 1-2, and two, and the Donkster is 2-1 and one right there with you. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM, and let's get into Game 4 of the World Series last night in Phoenix. The Rangers down the Diamondbacks 11-7. Rangers went off as slight favorites at minus 120, total set at 9 and a hook, over hits easily. The Rangers offense explodes early in this one and never really lets up, led by Marcus Simeon. Two out, two out, a one-two pitch. Simeon pulls one down the line, hooking fair into the corner. Tavares 
Giannis in to score. Jankowski in as well as it picks away. Simeon's on his way to third. He's in there. Marcus Simeon for the second game in a row comes through, and it's three to nothing, Texas. And now Simeon crushes a ball back to left field. Gurry out of the wall. Goodbye. It is a route in game four. Marcus Simeon came into the game with three RBIs this postseason. He's got five in three innings tonight. Unbelievable performance call courtesy of Fox. Corey Seager doing his thing. Two for five, two RBI. His sixth home one of the postseason. Josh Young, three for five, two runs. The Rangers jump out to a 10-0 lead by the third. They hold on to win despite a late rally by Arizona in which they score six runs in the final two frames. And despite playing without Adolis Garcia, who is out for the rest of the series with that oblique strain, the Rangers improved to 10-0 in the playoffs on the road. They are one win away from the first World Series title in franchise history. And, man, they wasted no time, Chelsea. Right, and here's where it's even more frustrating for the Dimebacks because 11 of those runs, uh, of 11 of those runs, only six were earned runs. Christian Walker had a really costly error, I believe, in the fifth inning. So this game should have been a lot closer because when you see a team jump out to a 10-0 lead, you would think, okay, maybe the Dimebacks just pack up and go home. But they did end up scoring seven runs. So I think it just shows uh, how much resolve Arizona has this year. And even if, you know, people are counting them out, they're still going to at least put up a good effort. But moving forward, I'm not sure there's too much you can take away from this game. I think we kind of knew that we would see a lot of runs in this game. It was a bullpen game for both teams, even though Andrew Heaney ended up throwing a lot longer than maybe we had expected because there was really no reason to take him out of this game. You might as well leave him in there and save the bullpen somewhere in tear. So it's a double whammy for the Rangers. Not only is it a big win, also they saved their bullpen a little bit, as opposed to Arizona, who uh, had to use their entire bullpen with the exception of their closer, because obviously it was not a closed situation. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that's the only takeaway from this game, that and the fact that the Rangers keep winning on the road. Are we going to yeah. play them when they come back at home? Or are we saying, oh, we're only playing the Rangers when they're playing away from Texas? Well, I don't know. Maybe they don't need to come back home because the way they're hitting the ball right now has just been unbelievable. And now, again, I, I mentioned this during the quick recap is that Garcia is out for the remainder of the postseason. And I found it interesting that all the Rangers said he was the one who stood up before this game and gave everyone a very rousing speech and essentially said, look, I want you guys to go out and win it. Do it for me. Do it for us. And then Corey Seager was asked about this after the game and said, quote, that took a lot of guts for him to come out and say that. He was vulnerable. He wants to be out there. He told us he loves us. And so I don't know if that quick start and that speech by Garcia are correlated, but it sure looks like it. Even though I'd say the Rangers have been kind of doing this the entire postseason. Like, haven't we seen this trend where the Rangers absolutely pounce on some of these teams early on? Like, I feel like this is kind of how the Orioles series went. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the question is now, are you willing to get in front of the steam train that is this Texas Rangers offense when they're not going against a bullpen game? Because uh, Mantiply coming into this one had not had a great postseason. Now he has an ERA of 470. So I knew when they were starting him, it was not going to be great for Arizona. 
but I don't think I'm counting the Diamondbacks out because as much as it looks like the Rangers are dominating the series, and especially after you saw the first few innings of last game, you say, oh, well, why would you even look at the Diamondbacks? Well, despite the Rangers being up three games to one, like I said, there was six unearned runs last night, or excuse me, five unearned runs last night. And then one of those games, you went on a walk-off for the Rangers. So yes, this series looks very much lopsided, but I don't think I'm throwing in the towel just yet for Arizona. I wouldn't throw in the towel, but man, if the Rangers continue on this trend, having not lost on the road, then if that trend continues, then they win the World Series tonight. So Arizona has to step up. We'll preview Game 5 coming up later on in the show. It is a daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. A lot of NFL movement yesterday before we go to break. But overnight, some coaching news that kind of came out of nowhere where the Vegas Raiders have fired head coach Josh McDaniels and GM Dave Ziegler. Just middle of the night, not necessarily a news dump, but this is kind of how it works sometimes, especially in the NFL, and especially we're talking about Vegas, which is out west, so we're the last to know. But Mark Davis, the owner, released a statement saying this, quote, after much thought about what the Raiders need to move forward, I have decided to part ways with Josh and Dave. I want to thank both of them for their hard work. McDaniels, 9-16 and in less than two seasons with the Raiders, including three and five this year. And it looks like linebackers coach Antonio Pierce will now take over on an interim basis as the head coach. I figured this would be coming at some point, Chelsea, but I don't think I expected it now. No, in-season firings, like mm, on Halloween in the middle of the week, they do feel (laughs) very strange. So I'm wondering how this is affect the numbers. I haven't looked at the the lines just yet, but I would imagine it moves it some. When you have this kind of chaos going on uh, with the Raiders, add that in with what's going on with Devontae Adams, who is not a happy camper. Uh, looks like the Raiders minus two and a half at home against the Giants still. I believe that line was three, so it has come down just a little bit. But Jenks, do you think now is the time to get on the Giants train? and fade the Raiders? Because I think that's my initial question is, do you think this team still deserves to be favored? I don't know. I feel like that things have gotten so bad for the Raiders that this might actually inspire them. So I I would not touch this Raiders-Giants game at all. I have no interest in betting this game. But you know how sometimes when just a new voice just some new blood, just a new message can bring a team together? That can happen. At the same time, I don't know how much Josh McDaniels was loved or not loved in that locker room and whether there will be a complete retooling. So when this happens, it's kind of like the whole Jeff Saturday, Jeff Sunday thing. He won one game with the Colts and he looked all world and couldn't win a thing. So it's really difficult to predict how a team is going to respond when something like this happens. I don't know. Do you think there's an angle now? Well, I don't know about that, but Jeff Saturday also didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback. Didn't he have at least (laughs) Matt Ryan who can complete a pass? Uh, So I think that's the other thing. It's just the personnel is not looking great for the Raiders, and Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the problems. So it's not all Josh McDaniel, but, like, is anybody surprised? Like, Josh McDaniel has never been successful as a head coach, but yet he keeps getting chance after chance after chance. I don't know why mm-hmm. they don't want to like bring some new blood into the coaching profession. Do you think Josh McDaniels is going to get another head coaching job? No. I think the Josh McDaniels experiment has run its course. He is now the only head coach to be fired by two different teams midseason. 
happened obviously last <laughs> night with the Broncos in 2009. So, yeah, when you're making NFL history and you're on the wrong side of that history, I would say not going to happen again. But, of course, he'll find a spot as a coordinator because this is what the NFL does, right? He'll be brought onto someone's staff as an OC or some sort of assistant to the head coach because the NFL just recycles people again and again and again and again. It's, it's tiresome, but you know that's going to happen. Right, but also I think he could be successful as a coordinator and maybe not just as a head coach because they are two very separate jobs. You know, you can be su successful at scheme, but maybe not be good at the overall job because Josh McDaniels has had some excess, uh, success as a coordinator. Although if he's trying to be an offensive coordinator, that last game ain't doing him any favors. Yeah, just look at the reaction from his entire team. Oh my God, they were Jimmy G was just so bad. How much can you do with Jimmy G? Can you mold him into someone who can complete a pass to Devontae Adams? I don't know. Coming up next year on the show, it is Read and React after week nine in the National Football League. And what do we think about the Chiefs after their loss to the Broncos? It is coming up on the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Wednesday. Start Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by MGM. She's Chelsea Messenger. I'm Michael Jenkins. Coming up in just a couple minutes, the Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions. But does that mean they're the best team in the AFC? We will discuss. Chelsea, I was reading an article about Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, and how very interesting, very likable guy, as much as you can know someone that you don't really know. And he was saying how... His first big purchase was a Range Rover when he signed his contract because he'd always wanted one, and he has his house. But outside of that, he's not really a big spender, and his financial guy will call him every few weeks and be like, hey, are you good? Do you need anything? He's like, no, nah, I got a house, got a car, I'm good. And then he also revealed that before games, and this is the really interesting part to me at least, is that he doesn't listen to music to pump him up. He listens to slower music like Frank Sinatra or Elvis or Sammy Davis Jr. so that he can relax and keep his heart rate down. So, A, is this surprising to you? And then, B, when you were swimming in NC State, did you have like a pre-swim ritual or something to get you in the right mental state? Um, Nothing very specific. Like, I would listen to music and, like, talk to my teammates. But swimming is such... It is a, it's like a cre being a creature of habit because you practice so many times that it's just muscle memory at that point. So it's less, I want to say it's less mental than anything. I almost want to equate it to like playing the piano or playing an instrument where even if you don't, I don't know, it's something very different as opposed to like a skill sport. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I'm literally yeah. swimming 50 yards and everything has been practiced so much like, think about it. I'm swimming like five miles a day to practice for a 50-yard race. So it's it's just, it's a little different. 
No, that's fair. I was just curious. Everyone has their own way of it could be whatever you're preparing for, but I just found it interesting. I would assume and and wrongly so that if you're getting ready to play a a violent sport, you would want to get amped up. When I was doing my commander's podcast on Monday, Fred Smoot was telling me this story that one of the guys that he would get ready to go play football with wanted to be slapped. So he would be in the locker room and I forget the guy's name and guys would be slapping him across the face because he just wanted to get amped up like an animal. And I thought that is such a contrast from someone listening to studs spreading the news. I was like, what a difference in ways to get ready for an NFL game. Right. But everybody's different. Like I think people like to stereotype football players as being all of the same personality, but think about mm-hmm. how many football players there are. There are probably so many different personality types that people just have probably different ways of viewing the world, getting ready for games. But you're right. I think that's probably the mentality that's been like hammered into our brains by like movies. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Well, speaking of guys that get up, you get ready to perform when the spotlight is on. You know, I'm talking about Double D. Let's bring him in for NFL Read and React. Good morning, Double D. Good morning. I will attest to when I had a big golf tournament, I would be on the driving range and I would be blaring Limp Biscuit or Green Day <laughs> in my ears at before least. Before a golf match. I know. Before golfing? Yeah, before golfing. Before <laughs> of golfing. all the things. Yeah, it's it's a little weird, but it worked. It 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 always worked for me. Uh, so I it's just it, one of those things. You know, your mindset gets set in a certain way when you're an athlete to certain music. It's surprising to me that it is, you know, Sinatra and what have you for for uh oh gosh, you, you're just talking about him. <laughs> the Bills quarterback Josh Allen. What's oh, Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. So Please that that's part. interesting to me that that's what gets him. Maybe it's a calming factor for him, and it makes him uh, clearer of the mind to be able to make decisions yeah. better. It's the only thing I can say. All right, well, let's get to the read and react real quick. Read and react number one. Kansas City dropped a what-the-heck-just-happened-here kind of game on Sunday, falling on the road to Denver and failing to score a touchdown against a Broncos defense that gave up 70, let me repeat that, 70 points to Miami earlier this season. Outside of Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs don't have a reliable weapon on offense in the passing game. At the midpoint of the season, have the Chiefs been passed as the AFC favorite? Chelsea. Hmm, I don't think so. Uh, Well, at least by the book, they are still the favorites over BetMGM plus 240. Because here's the thing. We see chaos like this in the NFL every single year where the best team in the league loses to the worst team in the league. Remember last year, the Chiefs lost to the Colts. The Colts when they were god-awful when Jeff Saturday was the coach. Uh, But guess what? The Chiefs, they did all right for themselves. They ended up winning the Super Bowl. So I think it's very short-minded to look at a game and say, oh, well, how could they lose to such a bad team? So maybe if you have a reason other than that, like you could say, okay, this Chiefs team is not nearly as dominant as it has been in like maybe some other years. Maybe that could be your reasoning. But pointing to one single game, uh, in a in a year where you play what 16 games 17 games 
it's not good enough. So I am going to say the Chiefs deserve to be the favorites. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Absolutely. What did Ric Flair say? To be the man, you got to beat the man. And nobody's beating a man just yet, okay? Yeah, you know what I'm talking right? Come on. It's still the Chiefs. It's still Patrick Mahomes. So I feel like this happens every year in the NFL where the Chiefs are, oh, it's it's midseason. That's a bad loss. Ooh, is that two in a row for the Chiefs? Oh, what happened to the Chiefs? Nothing happened to the Chiefs. They do this every year. And also, I agree with you that they don't really have that weapon that they used to have outside of Travis Kelsey. But also, right now the Chiefs have a top-five defense, which is kind of hard to believe. That hasn't been their M.O. over the past few seasons. So when you think of Andy Reid, and you think of Patrick Mahomes. And one thing I want to point out, and I will point this out during my handicap this weekend because I did my pick six yesterday. I was getting way ahead. Patrick Mahomes was sick last weekend. Nobody's talking about that. He had the flu. He caught it from his wife and his daughter. So I'm not making that up. That's that's one of the reasons why he had the, one of the worst performances in the NFL, or at least in his NFL career, because he was under the weather. So we're not taking that into account either. It's just one game. The Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC. I'll bring it back to a subject that Jenks loves oh so much. Uh, the Chiefs need yes. to be on the phone right now with Taylor Swift's people saying you need to be at every single game moving forward oh. so that our man Travis Kelsey can perform. Because the statistics don't lie. He is worse when she is not there than when she is. Mm. I'm joking, of course, because no one cares. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not joking. Double D, think about it this way. Think about how a, a flu is transmitted. Don't you think there's a possibility Taylor Swift performs in front of thousands and thousands of people? She's interacting with everyone. She goes into the suite. All of a sudden, she does what? A handshake with Brittany Mahomes, transferring of said flu. Then she goes home. She wraps her arms around Patrick, gives him a kiss. Great job, honey. Next thing you know, Patrick Mahomes under the weather, all because of Taylor Swift. So you're saying Does Taylor Swift have the flu? Have we seen any evidence of this? Have you seen that she doesn't? Crickets. But hmm? she's still posting. Have you seen things. her lately? Well, yeah, I can post things from my stuff. deathbed too. So you're saying uh, the right, Eagles well. and Jason Kelly sent Taylor Swift undercover to get the team sick so the Chiefs lose games. Yes. I I'll mean, somebody's got to do Yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes even with the flu like maybe it was just a bad game like yeah he had the flu but like i don't know still a bad game yeah everybody's Team allowed sport. to have a bad game i it is concerning at least for me and then we'll move on at least for me it is very concerning 
those wide receivers look god-awful on the Chiefs, and that is a big concern. Going on Mm -hmm. to read react number two, the 49ers seem to make the most of the trade deadline, making a move to get commander's D-lineman Chase Young for a third-round pick after dropping three straight games and giving up over 30 points in a game for the first time this season. San Fran was looking to make their defense even better with a bye week before taking on Jacksonville. Does adding Chase Young put the 49ers back in the conversation, Jenks? Oh, absolutely. This is a great this is a great time to buy low on the 49ers if you're interested in San Francisco. Now, we know that they win by using their defense, but over the past three or four games, their defense, particularly their rush of the passers, dropped off a little bit, which is exactly why they went after Chase Young. And I don't know if my memory serves me correctly, but I believe he and Nick Bosa played together at Ohio State. So they're going to be back together. And Chase Young, if you look at the advanced metrics, has been one of the most effective pass rushers in all the NFL this season. It's just taken him a while to get back from that knee injury, which caused him to miss 22 games. So once they put the pieces back together on offense, and remember as well, Devo Samuel has been out, but that is just adding when you're talking about Chase Young. A, a huge piece to an already formidable defense. So I absolutely believe this puts the Niners back in the conversation. I don't think they left to begin with. Yeah, I think same for me. It's nice to have Chase Young on there now, but I like them in general because I'm not going to say, okay, the Niners look bad now and this is how this team's going to look in January because I just don't think it's the case. They've had some injuries. Uh, remember that Browns game? They had to finish without Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. But now Chase Young on this defense, I think the main thing is he doesn't have to be the focal point of this defense. There are so many good pieces around him. Like Fred Warner is one of the best linebackers in the NFL. Nick Bosa, obviously very good. Eric Armstead, uh, the list goes on and on. So a great pickup for this Niners defense. And I think it'll be a nice change of pace for Chase Young getting to play for a contender. I would agree with it. It's a great move by the 49ers, but I think they're in in the talks whether they make the move or not. Uh, This is going to be very interesting to see how offenses deal with Chase Young and Bosa being on that line, who gets double teamed. So it will be interesting moving forward. Read react number three really quick. We know that the Vikings lost quarterback Kirk Cousins for the season due to an Achilles injury. Minnesota is currently sitting at 4-4 four and four and would be the last wildcard team in the playoffs if, if the playoffs started today. Their next five games are against teams currently 500 or below. They made a trade with Arizona for journeyman Josh Dobbs at quarterback. They will start rookie Jaron Hall, a fifth-round pick out of BYU, this week against Atlanta. Does Minnesota have any chance of staying relevant in the last half of the season, Chelsea? Relevant for what? Not postseason contention. Because even, <laughs> say, if they surprise some people and they're decent, they finish the season 500, what are we expecting here? Are they going to go head-to-head with the Eagles? Are they going to he- go head-to-head with the Cowboys? No, or even the Lions. So it just feels like maybe they have a decent season, but it's not going to be enough to be relevant. Relevant to me is being a contender in the postseason, and I don't see the Vikings doing that. Oh, my God. Listening to you 
talk about the Vikings and Jaron Hall, a quarterback, I started to fall asleep, Double D. I'm sure you read it beautifully. I'm sure you did. But that's how interesting this topic is to me. Do you think the Vikings, it's like ASMR, do you think the Vikings will be effective after going 500 thus far now that Kirk Cousins is out? No, I don't. They play in a bad division. Yes, they've won three straight, had won three straight. But do you think Jaron Hall is going to come in and suddenly tear up the league? No, Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback. You can say what you want, and I've said it myself about his failure in the postseason. When it comes to performing during the regular season, at least, he has been exceptional. But when you're talking about a team that is without Justin Jefferson, and by the way, Alexander Madison has been a real disappointment after they let go of Dalvin Cook. Not saying that Dalvin Cook wasn't maybe at the peak of his career, but Madison has not been a great replacement, so they don't have a lot of weapons anyway, I I think. Maybe Hawkinson, but not enough to help a rookie quarterback in this spot. So the Vikings are doing nothing for me. I'll say this much. I was very surprised that the Vikings didn't make a big move to go and get Josh Dobbs when that offense seemed to be turning that next page and getting better and better, and they were on a little bit of a heater until, you know, the Achilles injury for Kirk Cousins. I was honestly surprised they didn't call your Tennessee Titans there, Chelsea, and say, hey, uh, what about that Tannehill kid? He's a, he's a little bit like that Kirk hey. Cousins. Maybe. Yeah, I don't he's know. hurt, though. But you'd at least have him back there for when he was coming off instead of being a season-ending injury. It was very shocking that they didn't at least reach out to see what it would take to get Tannehill in there. But, no, I think they Minnesota takes a huge dive at this point. Yeah, they might have reached out. Oh, we don't so. know. I think the funniest thing I saw on Twitter yesterday was a tweet that said, nobody has called to ask about Mac Jones. <laughs> I was like, why do you need to release this? <laughs> like, doesn't this feel like a confidence killer if you're Mac Jones? You're like, did you really need to tweet that? Yeah. My ad- agent couldn't yeah. just like, you know, send a little rumor out. But nobody has called to ask about Mac Jones. I laughed. It's like, yes. We know. We're aware. <laughs> Nobody expect. What are you talking about? Correct. Coming up next year on the show. It is our first look at Week 10 in college football. And the new college football playoff rankings are out as well. We'll take a gander at those. It is the Daily Tip from you presented by Pat Jim. Great to have you with us on a Wednesday. Come back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Wednesday. I'm Jinx. She's Chelsea. The Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Hope your midweek is off to a good start. College football rankings are out, at least the playoff rankings. All right, we'll talk about those in just a couple minutes. But Chelsea, I did want to ask you about this Connor Stallion story. This cheating story at Michigan just gets stranger and stranger. You know the story that they've been scouting other teams on their schedule in person, which you can't do during the season. And now there's a picture, allegedly, of Connor Stallions, who is the guy who's been doing all these things and making all these trips, apparently 
on the sidelines of a Central Michigan game at a Chippewas game earlier this season because the Chippewas were playing Michigan State, which is obviously on Michigan's schedule. And it looks like the guy. It looks like him. Exact, and he's wearing Chippewas gear. Like, how in the world do you infiltrate if this is true? And it certainly looks to be that way. If you, how do you get on the sidelines of another team dressed in their gear to scout an opponent when you work for another school? Did he pay someone off? And also someone pointed out that he has these, these glasses on, these sunglasses, and the sun is down, and there's this blue light that comes on, on the glasses, like he's recording video while he's on the sideline. I don't know if that's going on. Whatever the reason or whatever's going on here, it just gets more bizarre by the week. Yeah, at this point, the only thing Michigan can claim is like, these are AI-generated pictures because that's <laughs> literally the only thing they can say because these pictures look more and more incriminating. But when it comes mm -hmm. to college football games, the sideline is way less regulated than NFL games. As somebody who covered college football for a good chunk of my mm, broadcasting career when I was in Alabama, Georgia, and Florida, oh, yeah. I'll tell you a story how I got my husband on the sideline without a media pass at the Iron Bowl at the kick six game. It was a huge game, wow. one of the best college football games uh, in recent history. There are so many people on the sidelines at college games because they have recruits, they have boosters, mm -hmm. they have, you know, just random people who I guess wandered out there. So it's far less regulated than NFL games. And you'll see this watching college football games. When somebody makes a, a, a pass or catches a pass on the sideline or towards yeah. the sidelines, there's a whole host of people. In the yes. NFL, the sidelines are way more sparse. So maybe this is how he's getting out there. Because I'll say firsthand, these sidelines... It's not that they're easy to get onto. It's definitely yes. way easier than NFL games, though. Well, what's interesting to me is I feel like, especially at a Central Michigan game, like security is going to be even more lax than at a major right. university. Like even when I go out to the Commanders once a week to do their podcast, and I go there every week, and the guy at the security gate, like, he still doesn't know me after all this time every single week i'm like dude i show up at the same time every week i have the same explanation but last week i just acted like i belonged and i could tell he didn't recognize me i could tell i could just you know how you you see a look in someone's eyes like he doesn't quite get who i am and i was like which is not a big deal but i just wanted to try i was like hey how you doing i just kind of waved and walked on like not a big deal i'll just walk on and he's like oh okay like, sometimes if you just act like you belong there, like it's not a big deal, they'll just kind of wave you in, especially at maybe Central Michigan. So maybe that's going on. Whatever it is. Oh, Bill is putting this in the chat. So the defensive backs coach for CMU or a defensive coach at CMU, Mike Zordich, coach D-backs at Michigan from 2015 to 2020. So there's a connection there as well. Maybe that's it. I mean, if you coached, at Michigan and you still have loyalties to the Wolverines, maybe that's your end right there. I'm just wondering who the fall guy is going to be because doesn't it feel like when a school is involved in a huge scandal, they find a ghost to like push it yes. off into like a fall guy. So maybe they're just going to say Connor Stallions did this all mm -hmm. on his own accord. He wanted to wear those no video way. recording sunglasses, <laughs> but 
I just don't have a ton of faith in the NCAA to be good at their jobs here. Because right. it feels like there's definitely something that uh, that Michigan is doing wrong, right? Like, doesn't it just, it feels like there's too many signs. Usually when there's smoke, there's fire. And we've seen, you know, just smoke everywhere. It's like smoke bombs going off all over the country <laughs> on these sidelines. So I'm not sure, like, what the NCAA is going to peg them for. But in the short term, do you think this is going to affect this season for Michigan? No. I mean, they are violating an actual NCAA rule, a regulation. So they this is this is why the NCAA is investigating it, and purportedly the FBI is involved. I don't know about that, but they are breaking a rule. The question is, will the NCAA do anything about it? I don't think so, and also I don't think it's going to affect Michigan at all. Michigan arguably has the top team in the country, and if it hasn't affected them yet, I don't think it's going to affect them now. They look dominant as ever. I don't think it's going to affect their on-field performance because obviously these cheating instances or alleged cheating instances are helping them. But when it comes to the committee, because college football has the college football playoff Mm -hmm. where people have to vote you in. Do you think this is where some of the voters who are on the board say, okay, something's not right at Michigan. Maybe Mm -hmm. I don't want to vote for them. Okay, well... To your point, the college football playoff rankings were released yesterday. The first release of these rankings, Ohio State is number one. Georgia is number two. Michigan is number three. Florida State is number four. And then you've got Washington, Oregon, and Texas at the five, six, and seven spots. So maybe this is an instance of this happening. I don't know. Maybe this is too conspiracy theorist-ish if you will, but Michigan at number three, I, I I was stunned to see Ohio State at number one. I think Michigan has clearly looked better than Ohio State this season. Am I wrong? Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and it's just, it's going to be interesting to see because think of all the evidence that we're already seeing. And this is yeah. only the 1st of November. So fast forward to the end of the season. If we think any other evidence comes to light that could be putting Michigan in jeopardy, Maybe you should bet on Ohio State to like get in there or do something uh, when it comes to the betting odds. I do think some of these conference uh, odds are maybe a little enticing because for the Big Ten, Michigan the favorite to win the Big Ten at minus 110, which I think is fair. Uh, I do think, like you said, Michigan looks like the better team there. Ohio State plus 140. It looks like a two-horse race. And then out in the Pac-12, Oregon plus 110, the favorites to win the Pac-12 mm-hmm. behind Washington, who they've already beaten uh, Washington plus 140. And then uh, the SEC, that's not much of a race. Georgia minus 185. And same goes for ACC. Florida State minus 350. Do you think you'd be making any of these bets for uh, one of these underdogs to win either the Pac-12 or the Big Ten? I don't think so. I think what I would do is I would find a way to bet on one of these teams to maybe make the playoff if you can find that bet. Or maybe win the national title yeah. if you want even more value. Just because, like, Oregon, I think Oregon will end up winning the Pac-12. They have looked like the better team, and they should have beaten Washington. I think Dan Lanning, by his own admission, gave that game away by virtue of going for it on fourth down at every single opportunity. But Oregon has looked like the better team, the more consistent team. Regardless, if you think one of those teams right now, like a Washington, like an Oregon, maybe Texas, maybe Bam, if one of those teams has a chance 
to make the college football playoff or you feel that way, this is the time to maybe get them at plus money because if we see chaos down the stretch, and we usually do, this will change. That's the one thing we do know. These rankings will change and change rapidly. Oh, for sure, because we have a lot of big games still left on the schedule for most of these teams. But I think you hit the nail on the head with Oregon. Right now, they're, what, 14-1 to to win the national championship? I think they definitely have the pieces to at least contend with some of those big name teams. I think what you're betting on is them to kind of slide in there, which I don't think is that crazy of a take, especially when you have a great quarterback who's been there for forever. Bo Nix has been in college football for a long time. Uh, So I think that is probably the best play, at least for me from a value perspective. But I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm not super high on Georgia, at least for the numbers that are posted. What about Florida State? Do you think Florida State has an outside shot to win it? Because obviously they're one of the favorites to make it in the college football playoff. I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched a ton of FSU and the games that I have watched. They have been fighting tooth and nail with like bad teams. I remember watching like, what was it? The Boston college game. So that kind of scares me that sometimes they play down to the level of their competition, but still they have pretty much a cakewalk towards the college football playoff. So that's built in to that number as well. Cause you know, Clemson had a, a paved road to the mm-hmm. college football playoff and they couldn't get there. So looks like it's Florida state. That's going to be representing the ACC. Or do you think there's a chance that they would leave the ACC out? Cause the ACC as a conference has not looked very good. I agree. If, if, Florida State loses a game. The problem is I don't think you're going to lose a game. So an undefeated Florida State is going to get into the college football playoff. Yes, it's a weaker conference, but also you can't deny how good they have looked. Jordan Travis looks unbelievable. Keon Coleman has just been unstoppable. So they have the talent and they have the resume by virtue of the fact that they're undefeated to make the playoff. But you're right in that they cannot afford a loss at all. And also, I will say this, their best win was over Clemson, or at least it looked that way at the time. And now looking back, it doesn't seem that impressive at all. Right, but I think your biggest point is if they are undefeated from a Power 5 conference, they will have to get in. There's no question. They will be in. So you can argue strength of schedule all you want. It's still the ACC. It's still Power 5. And the eye test tells you, okay, Maybe this isn't the strongest team in the country, no question, but there's no denying the talent that Florida State has. All they have to do is avoid a landmine down the stretch. And, of course, me, I need chaos. I need Texas at seven to slip in. But what I feel like is going to happen now, the closer we get, is that they're going to be right there on the outside looking in. But we will see this change because Ohio State and Michigan play one another. Washington and Oregon play one another. We still get an SEC championship game, which could hit Georgia and Alabama. So this thing is far from done. Coming up next year on the show, one more duel in the desert between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Texas trying to close things out when the first ever World Series in franchise history. We're going to break it down for you. That is coming up next on the Daily Tip from Bexwell, presented by BetMGM. It is great to have you with us on a Wednesday morning. Hour two coming your way next. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.